Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 165 of Dude and a Monkey. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I'm joined by... Matt Foster, hello everybody. Cracking. So, um, coming up on this week's show, we've got a double review for you. We're going to be um, getting scared by an old man in an armchair in The Conjuring 2, and um, Gerard Butler's going to turn into a big metallic eagle thing in uh, <laughs> Gods of Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll also uh, we'll also talk about some what we watched and uh, and whatnot. And uh, Mark introduced a new feature through Twitter, which I'm sure he'll uh, talk about later. Um, so it doesn't feel like it's been that long since we recorded, but it has been nearly a week. Um, but I don't really think much has happened in the film world. And I'll be honest, in, the England and Wales games are kicking off in less than ninety minutes. So. Um, Unless there's anything you're you're burning to talk about, Mark. Well, there was the the tragic news of um, fuck uh, yes, of Anton Yelchin um, dying yesterday. So um, yeah, that was a little bit. I think it's one of those where because he was only 27, um, and he kind of he, he'd been around for quite a while, but he'd always made sort of quite good stuff. To be honest, even his. Even his big budget stuff was at least interesting, uh, but he made quite a lot of sort of indie, interesting indie indie films as well. Um, and he always came across as quite a nice guy, which kind of I know it's like I'm not saying if you're if you're a, if you're a bit of a dick then it's all right for you to stay dying in a in a not too pleasant way, but it's just it feels like a little bit like ah oh, shit, he, you know there was a there was a lot coming from that kid. Yeah, it it, it did seem like he he had a good little on the margins career um and you know it kind of felt like give him 10 20 years and he would be getting oscar nominations for best supporting actor pretty much every year yeah he did look like one of those he looked like he could become a little bit um john hawksy a little bit like that yeah 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 um yeah, I, I i don't know just a mental way to go as well like the poor guy um and yeah, I mean, because I, 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 I have, you, have you managed to see Green Room yet? I haven't seen Green Room yet. No, but apparently I, I've heard. I heard previously that he was he was very you know that he was very good in it. Yeah, because he's great, and um, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. The the last line of Green Room um, is a very jokey line, um, indicating I, I I don't want to spoil it, but it, it's it's about him. Uh, his character. Yeah. And now that kind of, I don't know, that's going to be a little bit... On the nose, maybe. Um, kind of. Just, just a bit, it's going to be charged with a bit more emotion than than you know, the film intended, I think, going forward. But maybe that's me just looking into it too much. But when, when you watch Green Room, you'll, hopefully you'll see what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going into... Um... Watching the country two last night uh, at the cinema, thinking um, I hope there's a Star Trek trailer on before this. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that was that was that was probably I think the only movie news we had, and it was not not great news, really, was it? No, no, I mean just just really, really, really horrible, like really, really horrible. Um, okay, uh, trailers. I haven't seen a th- actually. Uh, I saw one in front of The Conjuring 2 The Girl with All the Gifts Yes, saw that, yeah 
Um, is it just me, or does that trailer not give a good in, in indication of what's actually going on in this particular virus-ribbon world? Like, what, what, like, the, the, what are the kids infected with, and what makes them go mad? And was a little bit like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I, it, the, the trailer was messy. I thought um, it did. It, it felt a little bit scattered. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it kind of looks interesting. It, it's one where I think I'd be waiting on reviews before actually going to see it in the cinema. But I'm, I, it, it, I, I don't know. The cast is. It kind of feels like those those people wouldn't just do a genre film because whatever. It it it, it seems like you get Paddy Considine. There's probably going to be something that draws him to it. Well, it, it, it's made by a guy who. Directed a lot of the episodes of Peaky Blinds, I think. He directed most of season two of Peaky Blinds, I think. Oh, okay, so that might be what it is. I mean, Glenn Close as well. That's that was Glenn Close, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um. I, I yeah. I don't know. I'm interested. Uh, we'll we'll see. But yeah, the the trailer is very messy. Very messy. Yes, it is. It is a little bit uh, messy. Um. I saw what have I seen trailers wise. Uh, Anthropoid, uh, the uh, Jamie Dorn and Killian Murphy uh, set in Prague Nazi one uh, looks all right, but it, it looks it looks very weighty. It looks okay. very worthy, uh, but yeah. look looks all right. Uh, I understand there's a new trailer out for the uh, David Brent movie, uh, and I, I couldn't even be asked to watch two minutes of it to be honest. Nope. So um, yeah, just feels like why why do, why just why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so no, I, I didn't see much. It wasn't. It, it wasn't nearly a week ago since we recorded, but yeah, not a lot's really kind of come out. Really, I think a lot of the a lot of the big trailers are already here, and everything's kind of now settling for there's, there's the big movies coming out. I mean, there's um, Independence Day this weekend, isn't there? And then that's we get kind of into the the last wave of big films before we hit sort of September. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, Independence Day two, and then. Well, like now you see me twos the week after Tarzan's out in a couple of weeks. That like kind of crept up. Yeah, I'm, it's kind of come out of nowhere. That yeah, I, I'm still interested, but it, it yeah, it's because of my predilection for apes. Well, th- there is that for you. Yeah, uh, I'll 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 watch it. Is, is what I'll say. I'm, I'm not I'm not not interested. Mm-hmm. Is, is as far as I'll go, which is you know fine for a Tarzan movie. Yep. I'd say so. Um, okay, so... Um, well, I'll I, I tell you what, that I will do very quick since we didn't talk a lot about trailers. I'll tell you about my, my incredibly weird dream that I had uh, the other night. <laughs> sure. Right? You have to bear with me on this, because it, okay. it might sound funny at the start. But, your good self was in it. Right. Uh, our One of our guest hosts, Noel, was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were at a party in Manchester, right, that Noel invited us to, that he was hosting. Except in my brain, the party in Manchester was in a place in York, which makes no sense, but that's what your brain does, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a place called the Grey Rooms in York. Um, so me and you were there, and Noel comes up with this guy that's Jordan. It's just Jordan, and he, he comes up to us, and he goes, you all right, guys? I'm like, you all right, Noel? And he goes, this is my friend Dean. And me and you look at each other and go, that's, that's Jordan, Noel. And Noel just goes... This is my friend Dean. <laughs> and Jordan just goes, 
Hi, my name's Dean. I'm like, that's Jordan. What is going on? And then, weirdly out of nowhere, a friend of mine, Paul, uh, comes uh, comes up to say hello to us because he's there for some reason. Just walks up and goes, hello. And Noel turns around to him and shouts, fuck up. Jesus, Paul, this has nothing to do with you. Go away. <laughs> right. And then, me and you, and then they, they just, Noel and Jordan, or Dean, just walk off. Uh, and Paul walks off. And me and you were still going, that was weird. And then you can hear in the background, um, just Noel introducing <laughs> Jordan to people, just going, hello, this is my friend Dean. <laughs> and then any time you, you heard Paul go over and say, Hello to somebody. Even if Noel was nowhere near him, he'd just shout, Jesus, Paul, shut up. This has nothing to do with you. <laughs> and that was just how the strangers went for what seemed like an endless amount of time. As me and you were just stood there going, this is fucking weird, isn't it? <laughs> what well, that's... You should have asked him to um, say Restrepo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I should have, yeah. And then I woke up and just thought, that was fucking weird. <laughs> so yeah, that was my that was my weird dream the other day. Good work. Yes. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I had to had to share it. Oh, fair enough. That was good. I'm glad you did. Um this is a, this is a comfortable space. <laughs> so um Okay, let's do the Conjuring Two first because I, I think it's worth to say it's the bigger of the uh the films that we we're gonna focus on this week. Um so, uh, once again, directed by James Wan, um, starring uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, uh, joined this time by uh, Francis O'Connor and uh, Simon McBurney, um, who, as soon as I saw him in it, I was like, yeah, well, of course Simon McBurney's in this. That voice in the trailer where they're listening to the tape, of course that's Simon McBurney. How did I not know he's in this? Um, <laughs> So, I, I, yeah, brilliant. Um, so, yeah, uh, The Conjuring 2, uh, uh, some, in some territories, seems to be known as The Conjuring 2, The Enfield Case. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, so it's about the Enfield haunt, uh, haunting, uh, the infamous Enfield haunting, which um, hit a family in Enfield, surprisingly, in the 70s. Um, I didn't know that Ed and Lorraine Warren actually became involved in it. I don't know whether they actually did or not. I'm assuming they did to some extent. Um uh, and it's basically uh, a family is getting terrorized by um, uh, what seems to be the ghost of an old man um, called Bill Wilkins. And he sits in an armchair. Yeah. And there you go. Um, so The Conjuring 2. Uh, yeah, Mark, what, what, what do you think? Well, I, I've kind of been a, a big fan of this this little wave of um, kind of you know the the James Wan horror films, The Conjuring, um, the Insidious movies, and things like that. I think they're very solid entries into the into kind of a modern horror genre, where not horror settings, where we've got a lot of stuff that just goes for either um, pure genre picks or goes for gore, gore and nastiness. These don't. They feel they feel like a, a, almost you know what what Hammer kind of new hammer should have been a little bit mm -hmm. they feel like um they're 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 accessible horror for people for sure. people out there to get to um and i like the fact that that um this seems to be with the start and with the way that the um it opens and you have the lettering that starts the text starts and then the conjuring 
2, which I'm guessing you really liked, came I, I, and then filled the screen and then carried on going. I, I, I really liked those opening credits. The Insidious films are brilliant as well, because like it's just like, there's kind of like a moody atmosphere, and then suddenly it's a load of strings and just insidious in yes. letters yeah. on the screen. He's he's a big fan of big letters on the screen, as James one, and um, I, I I long may it continue. Yeah, I, I, I like the fact that also as well, um, this is two and a bit hours long. Mm. You know, it, and, and although I'll come to some issues with that later on. I like the idea that I was going and I was sitting down to watch a, a two hours, 15 minute horror film because it's almost like they've gone, look, we, we've established we're good at horror. We've established that you've enjoyed these horror. Now yeah. trust us with two and a bit hours because we're going to try and do something a little bit. We're going to try and make a really good film, not just a really good horror film. And they're, they're trying to up the ante on themselves. They're going more for something like, they're, they're, they're reaching for exorcist levels. I'm not saying they're hitting it. I'm not saying that this is that's what they're going for something as good as that. But they're, they're looking at that rather than looking at um, Saw Three, for instance. That's it's, the kind of, that's that's the kind of what they're going for. Over look, we're doing that. We're, we're trying to make we're trying to make a proper film that happens to be a horror rather than just cashing in on the fact that the first one was successful. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's it's horror with a budget and with production value, and not not like just like oh, it's amazing what they did on a budget of five million dollars or whatever. It's like this cost like forty, fifty, sixty million dollars, and it looks like it. It and, looks great. Yeah, um, and I, I, overall, I I I think it's got issues, uh, but overall, I do think it, it, it's very good. And the, the clever thing that James Wan does is he's a clever director um, in terms of. He uses very simple things to do very smart things with, and it's why uh, someone like James Wan can do can make a movie like The Conjuring two for forty million dollars when in the hands of somebody else who doesn't maybe understand the genre as well, or doesn't appreciate the genre as well, or isn't as as clever uh, and as savvy a director might spend more. Uh, for instance. Um, it's quite clear that there's there's a scene in the, in the country too, and it's actually in the trailer. So not, you know, we're all spoilers all the time anyway. Where a load of crucifixes, a load of crucifixes in a room turn round, mm. and they just turn round. Now, what's great about that is you know that either there's some kind of pulley mechanism, or quite literally, there's a load of crew members behind those panels turning those round. And he goes right start now and they turn them as you see each person and that's done and that can be done for what fifteen dollars maybe but sure. i guarantee you there will have been another director who will have said to in, in you know that sort of scene in their hands who would have said to a bunch of computer tech guys right i need all of these to turn around and it'd have been a i don't know how much a thirty thousand dollar shot or something insane like that to do to spend all that man time to compute and, and, and it wouldn't have looked good where it's just you could tell it was just a bunch of people just turning around from the other side and it's that kind of smartness that that you kind of that that, that works with horror and it sets it apart and it, it was creepy and that's what I, I I really dig about this like I say I did have some issues with it um, but overall. I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farming are great as these characters. 
Yeah, no, I'm, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, what, what I think is interesting, I mean, I was listening to uh, the Empire podcast and they had James Wan and Patrick Wilson on it. I, I listened to the interview before I saw the film and Wan was saying that after Fast 7, he was looking forward to going back to a film where he could hold a shot for longer than five seconds. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, you can see that here. I mean, the fact is, James Wan could have done bloody anything. Yeah. Um, and and what did he do? He does The Conjuring too. He goes back to The, the Conjuring because he obviously really likes the material. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and I mean, I mean, with Aquaman, he says he's attracted to that because it's it's basically DC have said to him, look, you can build your own world here. And I'm I'm really into seeing what that is. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of this as well. I I, I watched The Conjuring on um, Saturday before um, seeing this on Sunday, and. I do think The Conjuring is better overall, um, even that, but marginally. And I think it is just because it is a bit tighter. Um, and th- my my issues with this film are basically, I think the third act does go a little bit too o- overblown. Um, there's a bit too much stuff happening. And the... The whole like the, the the whole the demon is basically bringing them there so it can kill Patrick Wilson mm-hmm. or something. It was a little messy. I thought it was like right. Why why is the demon actually there? Is it after the the people in the house or is it after Patrick Wilson or is it just after both? Um, I'm not too sure. Um, so I, whereas the, the Conjuring, yes, you had the Annabelle stuff because. In in the Conjuring, the sequence where their daughter's kind of like terrorized by Annabelle is really random. Yeah, uh, and because it, 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 the, the the main the A plot in the Conjuring is kind of is kind of ramping up when the Annabelle thing um, happens in the light, and there's only like a half hour to go in the Conjuring when you get like a ten minute sojourn with Annabelle, and then it's the last fifty minutes or so with with the a plot and it kind of does that again here but shorter bits but a few more of them with the none and i'm i i don't know i'm just a little what what are we what do we actually care about but (laughs) but it's a horror film at one moment i involuntarily actually said fucking hell and laugh to myself, which doesn't happen often. And at one point, I actually looked away from the screen. Ooh. So the point where you where you said fucking hell, was that the uh, bill in the water bit? No. Did not. No, but I, I know what you mean. No. And the thing is, what one does better in this than the first film, for my money, is that the, the scare sequences are longer and more sustained, and I actually think more effective. The, I mean, it doesn't help that the, the the trailer for The Conjuring, the first trailer, spoiled the clap clap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, like, which out, outside of the trailer is by far the best scare in that film. It's brilliant. And the, the way it builds up, and you're just not expecting just hands to pop up behind her and do that. Here, it's the se- it's the like the end of the sequence with the TV and the remote. And it is a, I mean, it's a jump scare. Yeah. But it's a really good one where the girl is like framed 
like just in front of the TV and it cuts and suddenly the guys behind that are behind her and just goes my house yeah. like really loudly and it got me it's it's a good it's a good shot it is a good shot yeah cuz that's the thing it's a jump scare but it's a really good shot as well and like he just does really interesting things with with the, with the framing here and i mean like the probably like the best shot is the one shot where Patrick Wilson's got his back turned. Oh, and the and and her the the, the little girl essentially you can see her as she, the more and more Bill starts to talk, the more and more she turns into Bill. Into Bill, yeah, and then like she kind of grows. Yeah, and you can see his mouth and like the fact she's got like the the, the water in her mouth and whatnot. And just how long that goes for, but there's no scares. And, and as well, the fact is that it's not a flashy shot because you're not because because um, what you're seeing is it isn't perfectly in focus. So you can only just make it out if you actually notice it. There'll be plenty of people who, through no fault of their own, won't notice that because they'll be too busy focusing on Patrick Wilson. But if you notice in the background, it does. He gradually gets bigger and it becomes Bill, and then all of a sudden it shrinks back down to her. It's, it's a really effective shot but it's not showing off it's yeah just, no it, it's just smart filmmaking yeah no exactly and uh, I, I but also with that i mean one gets good performances as well like the the, the girl who plays janet is is pretty terrific yeah, um yeah. and and the mum francis o'connor is is great and also but I think her her accent is a little bit too much. A point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's it's Cockney, not not Cockney, but London yeah. accents in a Hollywood film. It kind of is what it is. It is. It's one of those. But it is a little bit. It's a little bit like somebody who grew up in a posh part of London doing sure. a joke voice, which is. Kind of what it is, actually. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I think that's fair. But and all, I mean, also Simon McBurney as well. I thought they did something, some really uh, a good, clever thing with him. Um, where uh, earlier on in the film, he just looks really pleased about everything, and like, and and, and Vera Farmiga kind of calls him out on it, and 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 says, you know, this like this isn't an opportunity. And I was thinking, yeah, yeah, and then he kind of explains his his reasoning and it's more he really wants to prove that there is an afterlife to soothe his own sorrow yeah you know and 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 immediately it's like shit all right i completely misread him and maybe it's because he he's played by simon mcburney who's usually a bit of a shit heel um and 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 and, yeah i thought he, he he played um uh pretty well against type there and it's kind of a shame that he's um character kind of swiftly exits after that um it is because it is it is a good like you say when she calls him on it and you think ah, good on you and then he, he comes out with it and it's like oh fair enough um, yeah. i mean it's well cast i mean franca potenti as well like where the fuck has she been yeah because because I mean, she's she's good and she crops up you know in kind of horror and genre picks quite a lot mm. yeah i i it just that's her first film in six years. Bloody hell. Wow. I'm guessing kids is what I'm guessing. Yeah, you'd, you'd imagine so, wouldn't you? I've I, I, been in she, oh, no, she's a TV series. Oh. Okay. Oh. TV series called Copper. <laughs> Copper. Well, good honour. No, fair play. I, yeah, I, I don't know. It just the, the, the scare sequences are decent. I mean, the, the one I moved away from the screen, it was the nun. 
Um, it, the, the nun in the room with Irith Omega and where she, her shadow kind of like, oh, like, yeah. like moves on the wall over to the painting. I was just like, nah, nah, <laughs> it's, it's gonna come, it's gonna come screaming out at you in a minute. Nah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I, I spent the, the night before shitting, like, shitting myself playing eight minutes of Resident Evil 7. So, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, so, no, I, I was just like, nope, 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 nope. That, that one was ruined for me, but I, what I will say, say very quickly is uh, that that is the last time I will go and see a movie on an evening, uh, is what I will say. Oh, no. Because there was, oh, my God. A litany of arseholes at my screening, including sat not the row in front but the row next down. Who, anytime the girl thought that she saw something was going to happen, she 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 turned around to her boyfriend and she went, "Oh, she's looking at that painting, isn't she? She's looking at that painting, isn't she?" And then was going as it was going round, she was just tapping him and not saying it quietly, going, 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 "Told you, told you, told you." And then it did. She went, "Yay!" And I'm like, I, I honestly want to stab you in the back of the head right now. I went to an 11 o'clock screening yesterday morning and there was maybe five of us in there. It was bliss. It's a morning screening, but Becky wouldn't let us because she said it's stupid going to watch a horror film in the morning. So I was, when we got out, I was like, that's why we fucking don't go on an evening. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, to be fair, she's got a point. And it's got a point, yeah. Yeah, sure. But yeah, it, but I still want to do it again. <laughs> fair enough. No, but, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I I was impressed. I, I I always like James Wan horror films. Yeah, I, I, I do, to be honest. Yeah, I think um, Wilson's very good in it. He, he had a little bit more to do uh, than, than Vera Farlinger, who, who just... I don't know. I, I want to see a little bit more from her than, than essentially the same as what I thought she did in The Conjuring. You know, I will say as well, it was... Watching them in clo- such close proximity, it's weird that the first film... Is Patrick Wilson really wanting Vera Farmiga to to like stop it because of like the experience she mm-hmm. had and like that? I you know I did like the way that was caught, that was actually brought back into this one. Like the vision that she was having was of Patrick Wilson dying all along. And in the first one, he actually says she locked herself up in a room for eight days. I've never asked her why why she did it. I'm never going to. And that's actually called back. I thought that was pretty good. Um, but in this one, it's the other way round. And it's a little bit like, well, Patrick Wilson, when did you suddenly just start getting completely comfortable with her doing all this again? I thought you said in the first one it takes a bit of her every single time. Yeah. But now you're like, we've got to help them, we've got to help them, we've got to help them. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, and also, actually, I will say, I really, really like the, the, the start, the fact that it starts with Amityville and it completely throws you off. And I... I if you knew nothing about this going in, you'd be like, shit, this is going to be about Amityville. Oh, wow. And then, like, ten minutes, no. Well, that's it. When it started, um, it, it came in, and, you know, the, the opening shot with that. Bex just tapped me on the shoulder and went, that's the Amityville house. Yeah, totally, with the, um, the kind of eye-looking windows. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it is. And then it came up, it's like, ah, oh. ah, well, of course, they, they did report on, on Amityville afterwards. And it, it's nice that they're... I don't know, it, 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 it sets... It sets them up as having uh, credence, but also it, it, it sets them up as having a point within the horror world. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I like that, they, that these films barely really try to say that Ed and Lorraine... It, it doesn't make judgments on Ed and Lorraine Warren. No. And, I mean, they, they could well be charlatans. You know, they, they probably are. Um, but 
this is the movie world, Ed and Lorraine Warren. And in that world, they are people who want to help people and kind of take things into their own hands. And I'm, I'm happy with that. There's no, there's barely any sense of biopic to this, I think. No, it very much is. Um, it's, 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 like I say, it's a movie world, Ben. It's, it's, their, it's, it's each individual story. It's not saying how it affected them. It's, this is the story that happens to be theirs. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I don't know. The, if they do a third one, I would like to see them maybe change it up a bit. Um, like this, this one in terms of its structure is pretty similar to the first one. Um, but you know, the change of location is helpful. Um, I mean, there's going to be a third. There'll oh, yeah, no, no, totally. There will, there will be a third, but one said that he's probably not going to direct. Which is a shame. Because, the reason why he said it, apparently, is because um, other commitments. Yeah, well, I mean, Aquaman's probably going to take it. Like, um, unless, like, Warner's want to wait a while. Um, then I think that's probably wise, but... But then, it, well, then again, but you know, he could he could turn around and say they could turn around and say, look, we want to give you a sequel, but will you do it after Aquaman? Fair enough, you could see him doing that, and apparently there is going to be a spin-off as well, isn't there? Yeah, with the nun, with the nun, yeah. So I think that seems like a it seems like they've got a method now. So you know that it could be quite interesting, and you know they'll they'll keep being allowed to make them as long as they keep making money. Yeah, exactly. And I, the, like the the nun one's probably going to be on a on a budget like half the um half the scale but i don't know whether i could actually take watching the nun one in the cinema the nun really- <laughs> you think it might do a little bit too much for you like maybe a step too far yeah the nun really freaked me out it's the eyes the, the- so, it's like with the teenage mutant ninja turtles i was talking about last week it's the eyes man <laughs> it is they are quite freaky i will say that mm, but um yeah i don't know how much more we've got to say but i i yeah, I, I was a I was a fan. Like I say, I I mildly prefer the first one, even though on rewatch that might actually change. Um, I, oh, actually, one thing I will say: the Crooked Man CG really took me out of it. It was weird, that yeah. It's just like there's only a few shots of it, but it's the only really, really, really obvious CG in the whole thing. And I get what they're going for because they are making it look cartoony and look like an illustration. But uh, yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it wasn't a massive issue, but but yeah, it was a little bit a little bit peculiar. Yeah. but yeah, other than that, definitely not shit. More, yeah, yeah more really solid horror from James Wan, and um, I hope it continues. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, do you want to talk to us about the Twitter thing you did? Yeah, well, we just well, you've got a Twitter poll thing uh, that you can do now. So I just thought, do you know what? Let's let's we'll throw this out every week, and it's something I'll do every week for the for the feature film we're reviewing, uh, or for any sort of film if we're doing a specific film. Uh, so even if we're doing like a review of Independence Day, and then we're also we say we're going to talk about Independence Day too, for instance. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I threw a poll out uh, to ask folks what they thought um, of um, the Conjuring, based on our usual um, our usual um, 
rating, which is uh, shit, touching cloth, and definitely not shit. I'm in the definitely not shit camp, and as Ian just said, it is as well. Um, so, so far, after 13 votes, uh, it is 23% shit, um, 8% touching cloth, and uh, 69% definitely not shit. Yay! So, you know, that's, I'd say that, that's, that's quite good. Uh, I've just left them open for the day for this one, but uh, on future ones, uh, I might leave it open for the week, and that way when people have watched it, if they watch it during the week, they can, they can then add to it. But it's just, it's just fun to sort of see what the actual sort of general sort of, what the listenership, I suppose, uh, thinks of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Nice one. Um, what do you want to do? What we watched or Gods of Egypt? Um, we'll we, we, we'll do Gods of Egypt that way if we, if we start hitting towards sort of time where we want it to wrap up we, we uh, can do yeah okay. I haven't got that much to talk about in terms of what I watch anyway okay cool um, alright so Gods of Egypt is directed by Alex Proyas um, and stars uh, amazingly uh, it's directed by Alex Proyas sorry amazingly yeah 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 um, starring Nikolai, Nikolai Costa-Walder, Brenton Thwaites, Gerard Butler, um, Brian Brown, uh, Elodie Young, and Jeffrey Rush as Ra the Sun God. <laughs> yeah. Gods of Egypt, Mark. Gods of Egypt. A, a, a film that I remember seeing the trailer for, um, and then um, forgetting that it actually existed, to be honest. Um, I, I, it, I didn't think about it until a few weeks ago and I thought huh, I wonder whatever happened to that Gerard Butler Egypt movie that seemed to just go and then you know just arrive and then disappear without anybody noticing um, and then I saw a trailer for it in the cinema and thought oh it's not been out yet fair enough <laughs> I thought I'm sure it's been out it turned out it had been out in America for quite a while um, so yeah it's I, I don't I don't understand how the fuck this got made. Now that is the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is because I mean Alex Bryce hasn't made a movie in seven years, right? Well, knowing was his last one. Knowing was his last film. Yeah. And um, Ian quite likes Knowing, which is is admirable. Um, I I I uh, yeah I will stand by Knowing. I think that film is kind of balmy and awesome and I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of the ending. I kind of want to rewatch it because I, I remember hating it but I, I'm willing to give it another go but you know he did This is the Guy Who Did The Crow and Dark City which were both fantastic and then it's so it's so bad Gods of Egypt that, that it's mind boggling that that guy made those movies and then made this. And to give an idea, this is written by the same people who wrote, I think, Dracula Untold and... What's the other one they wrote? The Last Witch Hunter, I think it was. Yeah, that doesn't surprise that's, me. That's a trio of terrible movies to have written in a couple of years to have been released in cinemas. Yeah. I mean, I, what... How how did they get 160 million dollars? No idea. Where was it spent? Yeah, because it seems like what they did was they used literally a score that they found on a really old hard drive that was labelled the Mummy Three and went, well, I'll fucking do, and then found a lot of effects on the same hard drive and went, well, that'll do. 
<laughs> and, and none of the cast are going to demand that much money. No. Not that much. I mean, Gerard Butler would, what, probably get a couple million? I would say for this type of movie, I would say Butler will get quite a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's surprised me is, is if they turn up to Gerard Butler and went, and, and went, we want you to make this Gods of Egypt movie, and you've got a script and went, brilliant, yeah, I'll do that. And then they, then they went, went, and we want to give you 10 million, and he was like, yeah. Okay. I mean, what makes me laugh about it is that London Has Fallen came out like literally the next week in the US and he was all over social media about London Has Fallen yeah. and like didn't utter a word about Gods of Egypt. I mean, he must know it's a bad movie. I, yeah, and I mean, I, and I, 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 let's not get too much on this, but the whole rant that Proyas had about critics, um, it, I, I just, it's... The thing is, it's kind of easy to pile on it because of that, but it straight up, objectively, it's a bad film. And the only reason why I kind of enjoyed watching it was for the fucking mental who the shit thought that was a good idea moments of it. Yeah, because it, it, even performances, it, it's it's really, they're really bad. Really bad. I mean, Brett uh, Thwaites, the, the lead guy, is back. Is is terrible, so so bad. It's like a cartoon come to life. Yeah, yeah, and the, I mean, Nikolai Kostawalda is. I I I just I like my favorite moment of his was um, uh, that very early on in the film where he falls into that pool. Yes, and it's like yeah, all right, you're a cocky bastard. That's good. I could have done with more cocky bastard. Yeah, it did, but it did feel a little bit like, like a, a scene later when he's getting his ass kicked by Gerard Butler. It's a bit like, but you wish you weren't hanging now, motherfucker, don't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah, quite. I, I know Gerard Butler is doing Gerard Butler. It is what it is. Brian Brown. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 Brian Brown as well. Like the fact that his dying words are. Your journey is just beginning, or your journey is only just beginning. It's, I don't know, <laughs> who would say that as their dying words? There's some bad lines in this movie. <laughs> oh God, I mean the um, fuck, I outnumber you. God, Chadwick Boseman's in this, isn't he? Um, Chadwick Boseman's really, really bad in this as well. Yeah. yeah. And this is a guy who 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 was on the cusp a few you know a few years ago. People you know were saying, "Look, this guy's good. This guy's really good." And then you know it's kind of like this is going to be the one that he never wants to talk about. Oh yeah, I mean it's um, it's uh, Eddie Redmayne with Jupiter Ascending. It's it's his Jupiter Ascending. I mean Gerard Butler. This is kind of his level. Yeah, this is this is perfectly acceptable Butler fare. Yeah, you know, I, and I, I, Brenton fights whatever. I, he, it, like, has he been in stuff? Uh, I've, he'll have been in some kind of, uh, what is it, young adult novel fucking franchise, bro. Yeah, uh, let's, oh, he, he just looks, he looks so wet. Yeah. I've yeah. just seen a picture of him, just, just, oh, oh, he looks so much like he'd read to old ladies. Uh, oh my god, he's going to be playing. Uh, he's going to be in the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Oh, there you go. No, he's going to be playing uh, Will Turner and Kieran Knightley's son. Oh, 
Oh, of course he is. Uh, what's he been in? Um, he was in Home and Away. Okay, Branson, yep, sounds Australian. Okay. Yeah. No, no, nothing, nothing that fucking you know him from. But yeah, he's he's bad in this. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, the thing is as well, apparently they shot on a lot of real locations, but there's so much CG all over the place that you can't really tell. Yeah. It's just a blancmange of CG. And the fact that the, the, the gods turn into things, they turn into really weird-looking things that are made of metal. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the whole kind of, like, like beast-mode Gerard Butler. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, what, what that was about. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's just... It's a, re- it's a bad film. It's a, ba- it's a really bad film. And it, it, it's... I mean, it's over two hours long, and... It, it feels like you're watching an entire terrible ten hour series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just the hero's journey. They go all over the bloody place, and it, it literally feels like it's timed that once a, an action scene ends, there's a six minute timer until the next one, <laughs> and, and then it just has to start no matter what. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just mythology made by idiots and then it's like whatever the rules are they just say what the rules are and it's like all right then fine i suppose there was a lot of voiceover in it as well from supposedly the the beck character um yeah yeah yeah. which was painful and he's kind of explaining what's going on and you're going we're watching it you're just telling us what's happening yeah you know this is this is you are literally just there to explain things that we've just seen yeah, there you go. I, 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 bad. It's bad. Shit. It's bad. It's shit. It, but Jeffrey Rush plays Ra the Sun God, and every day he has to ba- battle a big Sarlacc pit-looking motherfucker. Like I, and he gets dressed by hitting himself in the chest. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I. The Jeffrey Rush bits I was entertained by. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't blame you. He literally just goes, he literally stands up and, and just goes, "Ah, oh, wait a minute." <laughs> like, all right, that's how you put an outfit on. It's chest again. Another outfit comes on. It's chest again, and the next one goes on. It's like, wait a second, I just gotta go. Just do something quickly. It's like, what, what, what's he doing? And he comes back and like, I've got. And essentially, what he does is he goes and fights a giant cloud. And then comes back and goes, I gotta do that. Every night I've gotta do that. And then later on, the wonderfulness of him bringing Gerard Butler up and going, This is it. This is what your destiny was. This is what I built you for. This is what I did for you to take over from me. And Gerard Butler sets goes, No! Fuck off, it sounds shit. I, and to be fair. <laughs> That was pretty good. Where he, he like he's almost looking like bewildered, just like what well, you think I I want to do this, do you? Like, I, I, yeah, I mean that that was that that was fascinating. I it I just, oh. <laughs> it was it's just literally no. <laughs> yeah, I'm a god down there. Have you have you seriously not been watching, Dad? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a it's a terrible movie. And to be honest, I, I, 
our listenership seems to listen, seem to agree with us. Um, oh yeah, how they call, how they turn out? Um, definitely not shit. Eight percent. Wow. Okay, good for you. Touching cloth. Zero percent. Okay. Shit. Ninety-two percent. How many votes? Thirteen. That's good. All right. Fair enough. So that's that's what like one person. One thought, person. Like it was definitely not shit. And do you know what? Bravo to you, like Ian says. I am. Absolutely stoked that you had a good time with this. Um, because why not enjoy something like this? Why not enjoy Rufus Soul trying to explain why something was uh, <laughs> was completely impenetrable going, uh, yeah, might have said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 the, the thing is, it's like, it's just, it's so mental in its construction and how it exists that I can't hate it. It's terrible. I don't hate it. No, it, it's but, terrible. I, yeah, I'm I'm not like apoplectic about it. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, it, it, it exists. I've watched it. I'm kind of glad I've watched it. But yeah, I, I never need to see it again. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Gods of Egypt. Well done, Alex Proyas. So I think you actually set fire to your career quite nicely there. So uh, yeah. good on you. <laughs> I mean, like seriously, 160 million dollars to make it. Like so, how how much must it like to break even? They they that they would have had to make what like three hundred and fifty four hundred million dollars. Yeah. Who the fuck thought this was gonna make three hundred and fifty million dollars? That cast with the yeah yeah. I, I just just wow yeah wow. It's poop. It, it yes. It is. It's a bad movie. It's poop. Um, right, yeah, moving on. Um, what have we been watching, Mark? Yeah, I have, I have a couple. There's been a lot of football on, so I've watched a lot of football. Um, right. So there's, there's been that. But I have caught a couple. I, I watched um, I watched the um, Todd Williams movie, Cell, uh, which is based on a Stephen King book, um, and stars John Cusack and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, and Stacey Keach appears as well uh, in it there as well uh, and Isabel uh, Furman so film starts it, one good thing um, about Cell uh, is it, it, it starts fucking quickly literally I mean, it starts and it gets in and starts telling us its point really quickly um, so you, John Cusack is um, in an airport and uh, his phone battery dies so he's using the phone to call his I'm going to say it, it, it's a strange wife. Um, and he's calling her to sort of say, you know, that I think he's been he's been trying to sell a graphic novel that he's been writing. And he's calling her to say, look, it, it, it's sold quite well. Uh, I, I, the, the distributors have bought it and everything everything looks really good. And then he starts noticing in the airport, all of these people start having really bad sort of clutching their head and screaming and then essentially turning into basically zombies and start attacking each other. And then quickly devices that this is caused by them using mobile phones. Um, and then he teams up with a subway driver played by Samuel L. Jackson, and they go off in search of somewhere where this isn't happening, and etc. And pick up people on the way. And it's it's that kind of movie. You know, we've had quite a lot of them uh, recently. Um, it's 
it happens incredibly quickly, this movie. I mean, it's under just under 100 minutes long, but it, it, it jumps from bit to bit, and you're watching it going, well, well hang, on, hang on a minute, and I missed like five minutes of this, because they seem to have gone from there to there to there to there to there to there really, really quickly. And it's not that they're not explaining it. It's just that everything kind of happens. And it's like, all right, yeah, that's fine. Like, John Cusack meets up with Samuel Jackson and um, they're on the subway and Samuel Jackson says, oh, we need to get out, we need to get above ground, we, we can't go into the airport because everything's going wrong. And Samuel Jackson says, oh, we should go down the train tracks. And John Cusack goes, that's a good idea. And everyone else goes, we're not doing that. So they go, and then they go to John Cusack's house, and they're at John Cusack's house, and John Cusack's saying to Samuel Jackson, oh, I'm really glad I met you. And if you think that I'm rushing that, that is basically how quickly that happens. And it's it, it's so jarring that all oh, that's happening, and you know you're coupling that with the fact that you know it's John Cusack's week with the Cusack cage wig, so that's really off putting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just you kind of it's a weird film in that you kind of expect this from Cusack now, but you don't from Jackson. Yeah, it, it feels more like a movie, a Stephen King movie that would have been made. 25 years ago, the one that gets made now. Mm, And it's a little bit... I can see why this went to VOD rather than came out in cinemas. Because if it had been a bit better and a bit more polished and a bit more to it, it it probably would have played at cinemas. But it's it's not. And there's some really weird, weird kind of scenes in it where characters do stuff and you go, this is just dumb. Yeah. (laughs) This is dumb for a horror movie. And it is like that, but it kind of seems to think that it's not. Um, and I, I, I'd be fascinated to hear other people's kind of views on it. But it kind of ended, and I was I was quite looking forward to it. And I was quite on board with the idea of it and, and going forward with it. And then it ended, and I was like, oh, that's a huge fucking disappointment, because that was a bit shit. And the ending's just really quite shit. <laughs> okay. So I'm not going not to spoil it for you, but yeah, don't, don't rush to it. Okay, fair enough. Um, and the other film I watched uh, was another kind of thrillery uh, mystery film, which you actually uh, recommended to me. I recommend I watch. I can't remember for life if you said it, you really liked it or really didn't like it. Uh, Predestination. Yeah, uh, yeah, I liked Predestination. I didn't really, I didn't love it, but yeah, solid, solid little. Yeah, what do you think? I, I really enjoyed it actually. Yeah, it's um, it's an it's a really interesting idea behind it. The fact that you've got a time travel movie that essentially is set it, 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 it's clever in the fact that it takes you back in time to then tell its story from that place, but bounce around time within it. Mm. It it, is a really kind of interesting idea. Um, And the fact that it's, it's, it's quite a small, it's quite, what you, what you, what starts off as you thinking it's going to be quite a broad picture and it's going to be him going off to do this and catch this guy and do this along the way. And it's not, it's actually quite a small picture. It's actually, it's, it's all about kind of this, this one, um, girl essentially reciting her story 
uh, and her life story and Ethan Hawke kind of going, okay, okay, whilst all the time trying to sort of get the angle in and, you, you know, as an audience, you're watching it going, right, well, he's there for a specific reason. He's talking to this person for a specific reason to get this, this fizzle bomber. What's her relation to the fizzle bomber? She's clearly the fizzle bomber. But in what way? How, yeah, yeah. How does, how does that work? And the thing is, all of its twists, because this movie thinks it has a lot of twists, all of its twists you see coming a mile off. But that doesn't stop them from still being really quite entertaining and really quite, ah, I like the way that he's found that out. I like that. I like that. I like that. That's good. And it, it, it's almost the point of where, it, where I got the feeling that the uh, writers and directors, um, Michael and Peter um, Spierger, um, are not trying to go, not trying to be clever with it. They've just happened to be quite clever at telling their story. And I, I really kind of like that that element of it in the fact that they're almost telling you, look, this is where it's going. This is where it's going. And it's not that that you're spotting the twists. It's that he you're watching you're watching a character not figure it out. It's him who can't figure it out, not the audience who can't figure it out. And I really I really really like that. And, and Ethan Hawke's very good at doing that kind of role. He, he, you know, he has that kind of slightly unhinged everyman quality about him. And Sarah Snook's um, quite good as as that character. Um, and you know, first the voice kind of jars you a little bit because you're going, how does he not work out that's a fucking woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when she starts explaining the voice, you're like, ah, that makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Sure. And it, the, every little bit of it starts to make sense uh, within it. And then when it all works out, it, it and you work out that it's actually it, it's all this little, it, it's, it's all one separate universe, and essentially, it, 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 he's like a tool. Um, the, the, the you know the character, um, he's a tool, almost like a training, part training tool and part kind of um, keeper of the peace tool. It's it's a really it's a really clever story, and I and, you know it's one that I'll definitely watch again because it'd be quite interesting to pick out. You know, knowing how everything works, it'd be quite interesting to pick out how how it all kind of goes and the fact that it's a consistent loop. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that, that's the thing. It kind of feels like they, the, the, the guys who wrote and directed it know, like, they, they've kind of tested out their theories and stuff, and they're like, you can't poke holes in it. It's a fucking loop. Yeah, that that's it. It is. It, it, it's, it's very clever in the fact that but you're watching a guy, we know his loop, and it's, it's, it's predestination in the fact that, that this has been orchestrated. Uh, by them so that all of these things will consistently happen it's not altering the future it's this is how the this is how how the future before and after they've altered it so it always stays the same it's it's a really clever you know at no point will that will anything he does alter what it is because he's constantly doing the things he's supposed to do it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's it's a magnificent sort of social manipulation it's fantastic yeah, no, absolutely. I'm glad you liked it, man. Yeah, it's it, a really interesting little film. In fact, Sarah Snook is fantastic. Yeah, it, she is very good. It, it's a very well-acted movie across the whole thing. It's nice seeing Noah Taylor in something as well. He's very good in anything he does, really. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, it's actually it'll be one that I'll, I'll certainly watch again. Nice man, good work. Cool. Go on then. What have you been watching this this past week? Um, so yeah, I um, forgot about something last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, the worst film I've seen so far this year, I think. Oh, you need to get some shit off your chest. <laughs> yeah, Dad's Army. Right, Dad's Army. So when this came out in the cinemas, I was actually somewhat intrigued. I almost went to see it. And, um, yeah. The thing is, Toby Jones, Bill Nighy, Michael Gambon, you know, that that's an interesting threesome. Well, it would be a very interesting <laughs> You know, I, I'd like, it, it just, I, I, I don't know. And Dad's Army, I remember it being quite funny. Like at moments, um, this film with Brexit this week, it feels like this film is perfectly tuned to people who just want a Brexit uh, <laughs> because it speaks to a rose tinted nostalgia about Britain, which is utterly misguided. Yeah, yeah. and. The film manages to be rose, have rose tinted glasses, but still make it look like shit. It's it, it, like, and, and not in a kind of, not in the like bomb ravaged kind of way. Just, it looks like a really boring place to live. And the, the film's idea of action is a car exploding on a beach and, um, men running away from a really slow-moving bull. They couldn't even get a bull to run at people. The bull's just like, what, it's fucking Dad's army, bud. I'm just going to have a... I'm just going to saunter. No, I'm not running. Fuck off. Look, <laughs> like, I, I, like, why am I running? It's Toby Jones. I don't need to run after Toby Jones. I'll, I'll you know, maybe I'll prance. I, it, if, I, if, I, if I run too quickly, I'll catch him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. So a base story: Catherine Zeta-Jones is a Nazi spy. Um, she infiltrates the home front by being Catherine Zeta-Jones in a a, a a world full of horny men. The Catherine Zeta-Jones thing is a little bit like, look, Kathy, you weren't that alluring when you were when you thought you were alluring. Um, you can't do it now. You really, it's, it's, it's tragic. No, I mean, yeah. And I, the thing is, she looks like she's above it all the entire time. And uh, do you know what? In all fairness, she is. I don't think I, she is I, anymore, though. Sorry? I don't think she is anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I, I mean, everybody in this cast is above it apart from Blake Harrison. This is Blake Harrison's level. <laughs> and that's, that's fine. Neil from the Inbetweeners, yeah, I, I'd say the Dad's Army film is about your level. Toby Jones, I, I'd like, what the fuck these guys are doing here? I don't know. I mean, Bill Nighy is basically doing Bill Nighy. That's all he can do. It, it's all like, oh, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, oh, like, like shaking his head gently and scoffing. Um, and Michael Gambon, I, I, I just... Then, well, no. No. You're Dumbledore, bud. You don't turn up in a Hawaiian dress and piss yourself. 
it's no, just no. Um, so, it, it, but the thing is, it concentrates on like a bizarre love triangle between Wilson Mannering and Catherine Zeta Jones, where you know Catherine Zeta Jones is a Nazi spy throughout the whole thing, and yet there's well, it's them and Blake Harrison is kind of into her as well. So you've got the three of them going after Catherine Zeta Jones. So it, a queue about an hour's worth of sitcom level someone like someone tries to seduce her and then someone else comes in so that person hides behind the sofa and then the second seducer's there and then a third person comes along so then the second seducer hides behind a curtain while the third one's there and it just come on it it just feels from everything you're describing like it's just we've moved on from this We've, we've moved on from from this that was funny because it was the only fucking thing on TV at that time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, the, the, the thing is, I mean, my, my dad used to love Black Dad's Army, and um, my father-in-law really likes Dad's Army, but I, I, I don't know. I I, I think they, they, they'd be disappointed in it. Um, I, I mean, my father-in-law hasn't actually watched it yet. I would genuinely like to get his opinion, but I I yeah, I don't know. I mean, it hasn't... I don't think it's done super, super, super well. Um, it's so a, it's made it's made thirteen million dollars worldwide. It's a type of movie where the people who liked it were always going to like it. It's that type of movie. Yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I suppose so. I, I'm, I'm trying to find out what the fucking budget was. It, it's only come out in two countries. The budget must be. It must be maximum like twelve, fifteen million. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not getting any. Um, I'm not getting any joy here. It, it came out in the UK and New Zealand. There you go. Then. <laughs> and, and I mean, it made twelve million three hundred thousand in in the UK. You know, so it, it's done. It's done all right in the UK, but I I can't help but think they were expecting best exotic marigold hotel type of business from this and. I, like you say, it does feel like we've we've moved on, but it I don't know. It just it it is cinema for UKIP supporters. <laughs> I, it 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 just it's people wanting to go back to this world that looked really really shit. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Anyway, done. Dad's army is fucking bobbins. Um. Right. What else? Um. Uh, so yeah, two others on a um, on a much better front. Um, John Frankenheimer's Seconds, um, starring Rock Hudson. Um, so basically, story is this like guy in his like fifties or early sixties banker um, has been getting phone calls from someone claiming to be uh, a friend of his who uh, died, and doesn't sound anything like his friend. Have you seen this? I've not seen it. No. Okay. Um, then the, 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 the caller says, I'm only going to call that. This is the last time I'm going to call gives a load of like details that only the guy would know. And then he's like, and then he's like, look, if you're interested, go to this address. Guy goes to this address and he's confronted with this, like this really everyday bland bureaucratic organization which specialises in faking men's deaths 
and giving them new identities so that they can start their lives over in the way that they'd want to like start that like live their lives. Um, and it's it's fascinating. The first half an hour or so is basically this guy almost just going through the motions and agreeing to <laughs> set fire to his life. But there's stuff like he's having a meet. He's he's ushered into this room with this person and. He's offered a sandwich and he's like, no, no, I'm OK. And then the guy, the, the guy who he's in the room with starts talking to him and the guy keeps on like looking at his sandwich and going like, are you not going to have that sandwich? It looks very nice. And then he's like, no, no, no. And then he just starts kind of talking about like the, the, the procedures again. And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, would you mind if I have that? It looks really nice and I'm very hungry. And he spends the rest of the scene just eating this sandwich while he's talking to this like bewildered guy about changing his identity when all he really wanted to do was to like find out what had happened to his friend. And so it's this really surreal, like you're in a dream place where you're just floating along and you just find yourself agreeing to this stuff. And then you become rock Hudson. (laughs) And it's, it's kind of awesome. Um, And then like, it's basically this guy now looks like Rock, Rock Hudson and he's kind of starting his life over. And it's him basically discovering that he's kind of fucked up this other life as well. So then he wants to re like, go through the procedure again. Uh, but then it's like bureaucracy kind of getting in his way. And it all builds up through this mental sense of paranoia and things just not being just not being right, just stuff being left of centre. And it's fucking fascinating and nightmarish and really unnerving, but also really funny. (laughs) And I I, I don't know, I I didn't know what I was expecting from it, but it wasn't this. Um, I'm I'm, I'm, going to add it to the list, certainly. Yeah, I mean, it was it was on movie, and I literally I had twenty less than twenty four hours to watch it before it disappeared off movie. So I watched most of it on a sunbed in Spain, and which obviously wasn't the optimal viewing on on my phone. Not the optimal viewing. If I watched this in a cinema, I think I would have walked out just being like, right, the world's not quite right anymore. <laughs> I, I I just it's fucking fascinating it's one of the best things i've seen this year and i i just i the ending's a little telegraphed and it it slightly loses its steam in the third in in the third act but that the the opening half hour 40 minutes or so is fucking five star like six out of five star it's great um like i just i don't know it's just this guy being presented with his feet he's like well, I, I I don't know, and I'm I'm not really too sure. And it's like, yeah, you're being asked to change your identity. Like, how are you just saying all? Oh, I'm not too sure about that. Because you know, it, it's it, I, it's fascinating, Mark. It's fascinating. I'll, I'll I'll add it to the list and certainly give it a go. Yeah, man, I, it's really really interesting. And um, uh, last thing, um, a film that actually came out in VOD uh, in the UK today. Uh, by the name of The Violators, which is a uh, writer-director debut of Helen Walsh, um, who uh, apparently is a novelist. I, I don't know, uh, but apparently she is. And, um, yeah, uh, The Violators. So 
it's set in the kind of more run-down areas of Cheshire, uh, which isn't something you see every day. Um, yeah. And uh, basically, it's uh, about two girls, um, a like a, a pawn shop owner takes an interest in one of the girls. And as this is happening, the, uh, the girl is befriended by another girl who's uh, kind of better off and um, takes uh, a weird, deep interest in the girl from the more run-down area. And it, it tackles uh, themes of uh, uh, domestic abuse and um, the sins of the fathers. Um, uh, and narratively, it's not super, super hot. There's... I don't know. The, the, the film kind of becomes um, obsessed with soap opera plot twists in the last 20 minutes, which right. I, I, I thought was a, a little disappointing, but a really, really, really good sense of atmosphere. Um, like you don't want to be in any of these places. Um, very, very scuzzy feel. Um, and um, the, the performances are, um, are, 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 are pretty fantastic. Uh, Lorna McQueen in the central role is the uh, uh, the girl from the, the 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 more deprived background. She's very very good, very natural, uh, very like uh, Kate Jarvis in Fish Tank, uh, where like she's got a, a thick skin but she's still very sensitive. Um, um, Brogan Ellis, I think her name is, as the other girl, not as good but gets more of the soap opera-y type stuff. So I think the material kind of lets her down. Um, but this guy, Stephen Lord, he plays the, the pawn shop owner. Um, like, he's got that kind of, like, uh, wolf in sheep's clothing thing going on where you can tell he's an utter, utter bastard, but you could see how he could be very charming as well and very dangerous, and it, effect, it, it, it evokes that very well. Um, it, is it worth a few quid on VOD? Yes. Um, is it worth one of those, like, a tenner on Curzon Home Cinema? No. Um, but it, it was interesting and I'd like, even though she's a novelist, I'd maybe kind of like to see Helen Walsh direct and not write and see what, see what happens. Uh. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it, it was all right. I think my, uh, my review on Vodzilla, I think it was like a 6.5 or a 6.7 or something. So I'm, I'm there. It's the performances are good. The atmosphere is good. The, the narrative, not as much. Cool. Uh, and it will probably be on Netflix in a few months. Actually, it will be one of those, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's The Violators. It's uh, it's not bad. Uh, and that's it for me. Cool. Um, let's see if we got any um, mail. I didn't check last week. We've got no questions, is what I'll say. Fuckers. Well, while you're doing that, Ian, what we're we covering next week, I'm guessing we are covering Independence Day by any chance? Yeah, why not, eh? That is, that is one that's going to go one of two ways, I think. Yeah, it's, I mean, I went into the view yesterday when I was watching Conjuring, and every single poster um, place is, is an Independence Day poster. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's a 12-screen view as well, so it's not like it's a small view. Uh, but yeah, every single poster space is is Independence Day, and it's everywhere. And it's a little bit like you're either really confident in this movie or not confident at all. I can't quite work it out. I tell you what, it's only two hours. Is it? Ooh. Um, 
running time on BBFC is 120 minutes. Well, that's that's actually uh, that's that actually a little bit about it to be honest. Yeah, 119 minutes and 34 seconds. Good on him. When was the last time Roland Emmerich did anything that was under two and a bit hours? Mm, even though I, I do wonder though, like because there there was talk that this was going to be two films at one point, wasn't there? So yeah. I wonder whether maybe they've just left stuff out, assuming they're going to get another, maybe. another film. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I mean, fuck. Cause what's he done recently? I mean, he, yeah, White House Down was even two and a bit hours long, wasn't it? Oh god, he did that fucking what was it called? Stone. Stonewall. Stonewall, yeah, which I don't think even came out in the UK. Um, but got horrible fucking reviews. Yeah, um, it did, didn't it? That was him trying to try to do sort of more, you know, not as big budget and not as big and, you know, Roland Emmerich. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, anonymous and whatnot as well. I mean, fucking anonymous, but. I, fuck, I'm actually, yeah, two hours, Independence Day 2, I could do that, 10 minutes of credits at the end, hour and 50 minutes. Yeah, hopefully it gets in and gets fucking, gets its shit started quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, who knows? I, I, that also, one thing, does it sound like Bill Pullman's voice is getting weedier as he gets older? <laughs> yeah, it does a little bit. It does sound a little bit like that. It's really weird, though. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't sound like the same guy who did that speech in Independence Day. No, and the weird thing is, I haven't watched Independence Day in 20 years, and I hated that movie. But I'm going to watch it this week. Oh, I'm re-watching that motherfucker like no one's business. I love Independence and, Day. Uh, you do have a, a lot of love for that film, don't you? Yeah, so I, I'm going into it going, right, well, I hated it 20 years ago, and I've not watched it, and I can't remember it. I wonder, I wonder how I'll, I'll feel now. Wales have already scored. Have they? Who? Ramsey. Ram- Ramsey? Oh. Shit. Oh, good on him. But, yeah, no, sorry. But, yeah, I... Ah, oh, two hours, man. Because like, I've, I've, I've got to work Saturday morning, and then, like, I'm just going to hit, like, a 12 midday-ish showing of Independence Day, and that's going to do pretty, pretty nicely, I think. Yeah. I... When is it actually out? Is it out on Friday, or? It's Thursday. Thursday. Saturday, what have we got? I might even go see it Thursday. Yeah, what time is it on on Thursday? What am I on on Thursday? 9.5. Oh, it's a 4.50 showing in 2D. Oh, I can go and see it pretty much any time. Oh, boy, they... It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll see. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's just like Roland Emmerich going back to the well. Is he doing it because he's actually got something of interest or is it literally just going back to the well? He's going back to the well. He, he probably. <laughs> There's nothing interesting. This is, this quite literally is, somebody sat there and went, hey, you know it's nearly 20 years since Independence Day came out. You're shitting me. No, Independence Day 2. Yeah. Boom. Well, we'll see. Yeah, do you know what? It might. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I'm expecting it to be fun, at least. I'll take... If I come out of that going, do you know what? I had fun. I'll be happy. That gives me an excuse to watch Independence Day again. It'll do for me. 
And the version on iTunes I've got now includes the extended cut. I love it. I love it when iTunes add extras. They are they added extras onto it? Yeah, they do. They do it from time to time. Like yeah. they'll, like they'll, they'll just poke more extras on there. Usually around the time that a sequel or a remake's coming out that they do it. But uh, yeah, okay. that'll do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Independence Day two next week uh, should be interesting. And um, uh, let's go watch some football. Yes, I'm gonna go eat and watch football. Uh, so yeah, thanks very much for listening. Bye. Bye.